I'm here with Tom this week. How's it going, Tom? Yeah, really good, thank you. How about you? Yeah, very good. I'm feeling more upbeat after the FA Youth Cup final. I, I had mm. my tongue in my cheek, hoping to wind up a few scousers, but I, I did kind of have it at the back of my mind that if having won the FA Youth Cup, which is a prestigious tournament, if Liverpool lose out in the league, which looks likely, get beaten by Real Madrid in the European Cup final, which is always possible, and Tuchel does the business in the FA Cup final, a lot of ifs here, we'll have had more successful season than them. I put that to you. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. What will people remember of this season? They will remember Garnacho's goals. They won't remember what happened in the League Cup final. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, what, you were there, right? It, amazing. 60-odd thousand turned out at Old Trafford for the FA Youth Cup final. That, that shows yeah, the passion, it. that does. That's the soul of the club right there, even if the executives don't understand it. It really was amazing. I went to the to the last time we were there when obviously like the Pogba, yeah. Lingard, Sam Johnston, the Keane brothers era, which was a, a quality team, Ravel Murray. Um And I think there was probably about 25, 30, maybe 40,000 at that one. And, and it just, and like the, the, the level of like how much, I guess maybe the passion for United yeah. has gone up in that level. Maybe the fact that we haven't had much to cheer for them, kind of people have, went out in their droves but the the difference the comparative difference is incredible from from that to this and it was it wasn't it was just um like a legends game or something where there's a lot of people pack the crowd or like yeah. soccer aid or whatever you get at old trafford where like everyone packs the crowd and it was just a tranquil atmosphere it was a proper yeah. atmosphere well, a lot it of was, forest fans there as well a, which helped i think yeah five and a half thousand i think they took they completely sold out their allocation they even had the top end of of that, that stand right. as well like uh only a tiny bit of it but they still had the top end which obviously like Premier League games yeah, yeah um so and it was proper properly celebrated celebrating goals celebrating tackles and stuff Great, it was yeah, yeah it, it felt like a really real real big game which is awesome and the players really fed off that I think well. so I, I mean I thought United felt a bit a little bit nervous uh, and maybe the crowd played into mm. that and overall Forrest put in a great performance given given the level of the club and, and all of that and obviously we know their coach Warren Joyce very well he's a very good youth coach mm. and yeah. and we can certainly point to the goals and say hey bit unlucky basically so but you know a few United's big players grew into it after perhaps a nervous start uh, and obviously United's technically were better clearly but they just had to match up to the the physicality and the passion of Forrest. You know, I, th- I thought they could be mm-hmm. lost and it's patronising, but they could be pretty proud of what they brought to that game. Yeah, yeah and and I'm I'm from Nottingham, so I have a lot of for- and they and I kept saying that to them like, oh, your boys looked a lot more physical than United, and they looked like it, was, it looked like men against boys, to be honest. Yeah, like, it did parts. Yeah, United's players were really really small in comparison to to Forest, like. There's two big lads there. Um, one was the lad who played Dale Taylor, is it? Who played? Um, yes. Who's played for Northern Ireland's first team, and then a song as yes. well. They they were they were two men. They were they were enormous, <laughs> and like they they could just bully our yeah, players yeah. at times. And I think their centre halves bullied uh, United centre halves uh, centre forwards at times because like like you say, like, um, United were far superior, but it may be just a um, weak in, in, in challenges but I guess 
that's probably why Forest have been successful in this season's FA yeah. League Cup and in the league as well. They're, they're level on points with United in in the. Well, it's interesting how you think about youth football. Yeah, is it is it a pathway to the first team and de- development, or, or are you trying to be succeed in a mm-hmm. competition? Because it can be both, and and actually, I, I think United take it as a development pathway more than like success. And, yeah. and they do play with a younger age group, both at under 18s and, and under 23s, than perhaps some do. I mean, uh, even Jackson in on the left side of United's defence, I'm mean, a 16 year old, came into the team. He wouldn't have started yeah. buff injuries. And, and so, yeah, I think physically, n- not as strong. You had Kobe Mainu in midfield looking very small. But, I think Isaac Hansen, like, mm. he, he kind of burned out, didn't he? Lovely touches. And obviously, yeah. we've seen him before. He's a very technically gifted player, but he does tend to to come off after sort of 60 odd minutes and he looked small in comparison and McNeil who's not a small chap really but just couldn't couldn't really get into it I thought Mm. which is a surprise given how many goals he scored yeah and I think Hugo was a really good sub to bring on because obviously he's a lot more physical yeah kind of and he had a lot of pace to to burn in that last 30 minutes which which proved really important to be honest because on a big pitch uh, Forest players kept going down with cramp a lot, yes, even when did, they were yeah. down two, two and three one, like they couldn't continue. And whereas United have had the chance to play on that big pitch a few times this season, in FA Youth Cup, whereas Forest wouldn't have obviously had the, that that opportunity. And I think that helped with bringing on the fresh legs because Oya Daly as well was really good when he came on in in midfield. Yeah, he's like a he, good player. Yeah, yeah, real energy, and I think Hugo as well. Um, them two t- combined were really good. I think also. Back to the point when you made about Forest, United obviously having bringing players through for development purposes, and I think maybe Forest have done that the same way as well because obviously the Championship's a lot more physical than yes. the Premier League, and maybe those types of players will suit Forest's first team as in the same respect as like the United players. Obviously, we're, we're targeting technical footballers, and yeah, it was yeah, it was a really interesting comparison of styles, especially at that level where. Sometimes you get a lot of teams that play similar types of football because they're just being trained to play passing football, and and it was just it was very really interesting to see that those two comparisons of, of styles. I mean, if Forest don't make it through the playoffs, because I mean they might do, might you can imagine a lot of these players getting chances next yeah. season. So we'll see. I mean, they probably wouldn't in the Premier League. Throwing yeah. some like raw kids into the Premier League is yeah. not a, not really a model for success when you're a team just coming up. We'll, we'll see there. I mean, talk, talk about the goals a little bit. Head from Rhys Bennett and twice taken free kick. Uh, bit bit lucky United there because they were trying to sort of cheat the referee who caught them and pulled it back. <laughs> well, yeah, good good header. Probably a mistake there from the keeper. Could probably have saved it, but yeah, nice opening for United. Probably Forest had the better of those first ten minutes, I'd say. So and probably yeah. a bit against the run of the play, that opening goal. Yeah, the goal really lifted United as well because they were the better team following that goal. Like you say, yeah. we started a little bit nervously. Maybe that that was just the fact of the crowd being as amazing as it was. That must be quite a daunting prospect. But that goal really settled us down. We started to play through midfield initially. We went long with almost every kick and it was it was kind of... I don't know if it was maybe the coach saying, first 10, 15 minutes, let's not concede, let's not do anything silly, we'll just play out and not, not concede early. Like, yeah. Especially for youngsters, I'm sure that's a good, kind of good thing to say to them. But 
as we kind of were braver and pl- started to play through midfield, we really started to dominate. And then when they scored, which was obviously a real bad mistake from the keeper, yeah, th- that that ch- that changed the game again. Like they scored out of nowhere, really against the run of yeah. play. Like we scored against the run of play, and then we were just kind of on the back foot from there out. It was it was re- yeah, it was really unfortunate because I thought Vitek was actually like the Czech Republic keeper was really yeah, yeah. actually really good before that. Like his hands were awesome pretty much all yeah. night and he was coming up yeah. his line really well and even after the goal he, he settled back into it really well it's just a shame that that he just let that one through his fingers but youngsters are going to make mistakes aren't they mm. it's, it's been interesting i'm like wider point really but it's been hard for united to get keepers into the first team there doesn't look yeah. to be a pathway everyone's had to leave or retire in some cases because there's just because uh, dave has been there for more than 10 years so there's been no way to get anyone through it would yeah. be good. I mean, I'm not saying Vitek is ready for the first team or the Premier League yet, but it would be good to get some players through because, I mean, looking at Dave's position, it shouldn't be that solid. There should yeah. be a challenge there. I don't think they're going to spend money on that. There will be a gap because I don't think Lee Grant is staying. And so, yeah, there's there's opportunities for someone to try and break through. It's just really hard. And, mm-hmm. yeah, obvi- obviously fewer chances for a keeper. You're not substituting a keeper off. Yeah, it's it's the it's the hardest position I think for any youngster really because there's so few opportunities for you. Yeah, like there's 20 clubs in the Premier League. If you wanted to get loaned out, you have to be the 20 best. You have to be the best of that 20. It's not like you can, yeah. you can be a midfielder and get alternated in throughout the game. That doesn't happen yeah, with yeah. keepers. So it's it's just so difficult. And like I, th- I think to Henderson as well because Henderson will surely be off in the summer it after not be, playing yeah. this season. And it's thinking, where is he going to go, really? Like, one of the promoted sides, maybe. And But apart from that, there's not many opportunities and not, not many openings because, like, being a goalkeeper in the Premier League, you have to be really, really good. Like, you still look at someone like Ariolo, who I think is really... I think he's better than Henderson, arguably. Really awesome keeper. He's number two at West Ham. And, like... Yep. McCarthy, who's been good for Southampton. One of Pickford's... Meslier or Nick Pope are all all good keepers mm. will be going down and be looking for yeah. another Premier League club, I imagine. So yeah, it's it is a really hard I mean, even looking back to Dave and his his breakthrough into the Atletico team, he was third choice that season until yeah. injuries gave him the chance. So much of it is yeah. it is down to that look, isn't it? Just an getting an an injury to one yeah. of the players ahead of you and not getting injured yourself. Yeah. Uh, and 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 like for the youngsters and the rest of the team, that's sometimes the pathway through. If, if you think mm-hmm. about Marcus Rashford five, six years ago now, that was because of injuries that he got his chance. He scored against Michelin. Then he scored twice against Arsenal and he was a fixture after that. Yeah. Um, until recently, <laughs> when he's not. <laughs> so, yeah, Garnacho obviously made his debut the other week. He may be looking at opportunities like that next season. Who knows? What I liked about him and what you look for in some of these players is the confidence. Right. Yeah. So Garnacho has that kind of swagger and arrogance about him. Mm. I mean, he really wanted to score, didn't he? Really wanted yeah. to score. <laughs> and he's got a beautiful goal at the end as well and kind of got what he wanted and was kind of bigging it up. But that confidence, I think, will breed opportunities for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's so inherent in the best players. It's almost like an arrogance that I, I am the best player on this pitch and... He, he kind of strutted about like he was. I, I, I think for the first 50 or so minutes, he was actually pretty quiet. He had a couple of 
nice darts in on the right hand side but as the game started to open up a little bit like he caused so much trouble especially towards the end he could have scored two or three more he had one chance where he could have maybe played it on the left hand side and ended up getting I think the shot blocked or might have just yeah. shot over and then yeah the way he took his goal was awesome he yeah so much confidence so much talent like the way he celebrated his goals as well like yeah yeah just such arrogance i love it i love it i i mean good good for him i mean i mean he's technically obviously very sound and loads of pace about him and so there's a good chance he'll get opportunities especially with look it's looking likely united will be in the europa league those group games are a real drag aren't they but also give you the chance to use your squad and so you could see opportunities there if he doesn't go out on loan. We'll see on that one. But uh, I know apart from him, I mean, I, I don't think there's too many that are close to the first team of this group. Many of them have played under 23s and will probably move up to that level or, or look at loans. I wouldn't want to judge all these players on one game, but it's obviously Kobe Mainu is a technically lovely player. Isaac Hansen, we've, we've seen quite a bit of him. Um, will he look to be a number 10 or something else he's he's obviously got the kind of technical qualities physically I think he's got some development Bennett at the back I think is a a good a good player you can see him having a career I don't know whether it will be at Premier League level Mark Gerardo who came from I can't remember did he come from Barcelona or Madrid one of the I think it was Barcelona yeah Barcelona yeah probably a little further away from the first team but um, a good player as well so yeah, I, I'm really interested in Hansen because, like, technically he is awesome, and like when like the moments that he had on that pitch showed that at least technically he was the best player on that pitch and was doing things that you expect to see like a professional, like yeah. first senior player do. And he has played senior football, I think, for Tromso in in right. Norway in right. the Norwegian yeah. league at least, and that's where we got him. Is he the new it, Magnus Ikram? <laughs> I think he might be because like technically he is awesome it's just the physical attributes like uh, that, that's, that's just inherent isn't it and he doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. look that pacey either yeah. it's like he's got really quick feet and he's super agile but is he going to have the pace to run away from players and that I think that's the only thing that just might let you down football you need to be an athlete don't you yeah, yeah. you need to be able to run and players who can't run won't be able to make it at the level that their technical skills might take them to. No, you don't see many one Roman Raquel Mays anymore, do you? Sadly, you do not. You do not. Sadly, wow. What a player, by the way. <laughs> but I'm yes. not saying that Hansen's going to be that good, by the way. Just stand in the middle of the pitch, put your foot on the ball and don't move more than about 10 yards. <laughs> Spray yeah, passes yeah. around, yeah. It's <laughs> old school. So Anyway, look, awesome for all these kids great great moment for the club i think just a lift at the end of the season after what has been a dreadful dreadful season yeah and it shows just like for all over the past few years that our united's academy has been hated on and saying oh it's falling behind city and liverpool and all this kind of stuff like the the talent that we're producing is is enormous like when you said just a second ago about like these players are aren't going to be in the first team any 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 time soon that I think that's also because of the amount of good under 23 players we have as well and all the players that need to come back from loans like Palestri yes. and Chong and obviously Hannibal in the under 23s and yes there's, there's so much youth talent ahead of these guys that it's not like 
this is like an amazing group out of nowhere. Like the, there is loads of talent in our academy yeah. above this. Well, as they well. didn't rethink maybe what five six years ago and started thinking about restructure under Nicky Butt and now Neil Cox and just. Because United you know, had fallen behind. I mean, United's mm. first team players were sending their kids to the City Academy. I mean, yeah. come yeah. on. Mm. You definitely have to think about what's going wrong if that's happening. So, and I think there was a sense that the, the club had rested on its laurels and hadn't modernised. And obviously, it doesn't mean that they have to have the Chelsea model of farming players. Yeah. And But it does mean you have to be smart about local acquisition and... Yeah, acquisition from abroad. Now that's that's changed after Brexit. I mean, United brought in a lot of players just before Brexit, and they've denied that that's that's uh, why. <laughs> just before the rules changed, <laughs> I should say. But now English clubs won't be able to sign players from abroad until they're eighteen. So they will not. The next Garnacho is not coming to United. They will already be closer to being established, yeah. and obviously bigger fees as a result. I mean, I think the fee for Hannibal was 9 or $10 million. I don't know that there was a fee for Garnacho. It has it, that, that idea that there's an easier pathway to the first team in the Premier League than there is in Spain or Italy has been kind of long held, but things might change now as a result of the rule changes. I, I wonder if... The, the way that City are getting around that is using their City football group thing and using yeah. that Lommel in um, Belgium. There's a, yeah. a really highly rated Hungarian talent called Zalan Voncha who's gone to right. to Lommel, he's 17, and obviously he's a City player. I, I wonder if United will try and do that a little bit. I mean, to... I don't think we have any formal relationships right now. I mean, there was no. that period of time when... What was the club in Belgium that Antwerp. United had? Antwerp, right, yeah. yeah Royal Antwerp. I, I mean, I don't think there are any formal arrangements. Obviously, that the, the Glazers aren't about to start buying clubs. <laughs> no. Tampa Bay Rowdies or something, back to them. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Do they still exist? Probably um, not. Have uh, Inter Miami got the... Uh... Are they indoor football, maybe? Oh, God knows. I don't know. Futsal. Yeah, so... Yeah, using the international system is is going to be hard. I mean, because United, even if you, even if United identified a talent, we wouldn't be able to sign them to something to then loan them out. Whereas no. City Football Group obviously can sign players to their Belgian club. They have a relationship in where are they? They've got a Spain Hetafe. They own part of Hetafe as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. obviously like Australia and. America with and MLS and China, Japan, yeah, yeah. Japan. Yeah, they got one in Brazil, um, maybe as well. Brazil, they have a club. They yeah, yeah. part of in Brazil as well. Yeah, so it's not just financial doping they're doing through all those clubs. Network of uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, there this... are no costs at Manchester City, and there are lots of costs at this fourth division club in Uganda. <laughs> exactly, wow, <yeah. laughs> how did like... that happen? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's a whole different thing but yes it'll be, it, yeah it will be harder for united to sign players from abroad in the future no doubt so we'll have to we'll have to develop local talent of which there are some in this team yeah some yeah. some of them was it bennett reese bennett was talking about going home and away to games can't remember yeah. one of them was after yeah and my news from stockport as well right and, and yeah it's, it's nice to see them players that are really close to manchester coming through as well because that's oh that is a, like a long held tradition in, even to recent times with Lingard and Rashford and and Greenwood were well. mm, less said about him. Yeah, 
<laughs> we'll see on that one. All right, see, we'll leave it there. We're going to talk about some changes at um, United and Ten Hag incoming uh, and then the women's team. So Ten Hag announced Ten Hag won the Eredivisie with Ajax on the same night United won the FA Youth Cup. So two trophies for United this week. <laughs> We're counting that, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. 21, 21 titles. Yeah, good uh, good win for Ajax over here and Veen confirmed their uh, their title. I'm, I'm glad they did it. Not that I care about the Dutch league particularly, but the fact that United had announced him while they were in the middle of a, a, a title run. Yeah. I was like, oh, imagine the other way around. We wouldn't like that, would we? But so uh, I'm glad they, they wrapped it up and had some good celebrations on the pitch. And Edwin van der Sar came out and spoke about Ten Hag in, I don't know, less than glowing terms, I thought. He was a bit, he was a bit curt about him. And, but the players uh, gave him their, what do you call it when you chuck, the, chuck someone up in the air? I don't know the Chucky the bumps. <laughs> yeah. bumps. Yeah, I don't know. They did I don't that. Know. I think that's when you hit someone, isn't it? Uh, is it? Yeah, I don't know. Long time since I was a kid, and uh, saw Ten Hag dancing badly, but mm. really badly. A lot of dad dancing going on there, <laughs> but he tried. He tried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad that they got that as well because I can just imagine all the fans beat opposition fans beating us with that stick that he's just messed up the title and he's yeah. Ever since he's United come calling, he's started to bottle it or whatever. It's nice that he's kind of got that confidence himself to yeah take forward to next season. And I'm sure he's, he doesn't look like a man who's short of belief and confidence anyway. I'm hoping, yeah, that that obviously is not going to be affected by not winning the title and and chucking away that because they didn't win the cup the day they lost to the PSV and then obviously the Champions League thing as well. They announced Alfred Schroeder as their new manager, who used to be the assistant under Ten Hag. And I obviously didn't know who Alfred Schroeder was. Looked him up. He looks exactly like Ten Hag. <laughs> <laughs> Mini me. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, he's bald, bald chat with some designer stubble. So, <laughs> But he's coming from Club Bruges, I think it is. So, yeah, they, they, they seem like a very well-run club, Ajax, who not only know how to work the market and the youth system but don't spend months looking for a replacement just just have it in the bag straight away and this is one of the problems that I have almost with the appointment like it's a completely different club it's a completely different situation like look at Peter Bosch like when he left Ajax where is he now I don't even know yeah where did he go Bosch. Did he go to France? Let's see what Google says where he is now. So he went to obviously to, to Dortmund for a little bit. Leverkusen. Yeah. He's at Lyon now. Lyon, uh, that's it. Right. Yeah. Like his time at Dortmund wasn't a success at all. And I'm not saying that that that's exactly the same because Bosch's time at Ajax wasn't as successful as as Ten Hag's is. But the the situation and and of the two clubs is just so so different and yeah. I've had this, this debate with a few United fans about this like some of them are just really really confident and I guess it's nice to have such a positive outlook in life I, I'm not that kind of person I, I feel cynical about most things maybe I'm one yeah. of those people who thinks that like I don't know if I think the worst then it'll be better than that uh, if something t- does turn out to be all right, and I'm th- I'm quite cynical about this 
this situation. But it's again, it's hard to be positive about United, and it's hard to have because obviously this move is made by the board that they're the people who make these decisions. It's hard to have faith in them, and 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 yes. that's what, what a lot of the conversations revolve around, especially like with. With Conte doing pretty well and this this talk about, oh, we should have got Conte and stuff. I'm not necessarily saying that we should have got Conte either. But it's hard to go, yeah, this is we're doing the right thing because this, 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 this. Because, I, yeah, I just have no faith that the board know what they're doing. And, and even no. since, obviously, Woodward didn't make the choice of bringing in Ranić. But it's been an absolute disaster potentially yes. it's not been a disaster if he finds out what's wrong and advises accordingly but that's if the club listens be, yeah that yeah that's if the club listens and that's to be seen from what we've seen so far it's been an unmitigated disaster in so many respects not to go too deep into regnick because we'll we'll have We'll have a chance to in the season debrief go go in further, I think. And, oh. But but yeah, it's been a disaster. But the, you know, the interesting conundrum there is they got a director of football to come in as an interim coach, and because he's failed as an interim coach, looks like they're not going to give him any kind of uh, serious role as a consultant to the director of football. I mean, you know, talk about a sickening irony. Uh, I know, so, so stupid. And it feels like it because he's just been so public that he's not going to have a serious role because he now feels mm. demob happy and he can just say whatever he wants. So, okay, well, well, we'll see. I mean, there's been a lot of... I, I do want to talk more about Ten Hag and, and what's going on there, but there's been a lot of clearing house. As yeah. Matt Judge, chief football negotiator, has gone. He was the man who, with Ed Woodward, had devised this system of giving players contracts in order to retain their quote-unquote asset value which had been a total unmitigated disaster, that policy. And so I guess it's not a surprise that Matt Judge went if Arnold was not in agreement with that policy. Chief strategy officer, whose name I didn't know, and I didn't even know that they had one. Hemond Seo is stepping down. He was part of the finance team. So like finance strategy in some organisations are tied together. So I don't think he's really doing strategy strategy as in like working out where the club should go because there is no plan for that you can see uh, there's no north star to united no purpose other than to to make money for the glazers uh, so he's gone so there's there's changes i think it's five people fairly senior people have now left at united now does that mean they're going to start making better decisions i don't know because ultimately everything goes back to tampa you know, apparently to microscopic detail of things mm-hmm. like can they have some more medical equipment at the training ground or how much are they spending on the gym? Like stupid stuff that the owners don't need to know or get involved with. So it doesn't really give me confidence that they're suddenly going to go, yeah, and we're going to give, here's the budget for the football side of the business. You have complete autonomy to go and you know be as successful as possible given this budget. I don't believe that is happening. No. And, and so, this, yeah. is, this is the big... This is the big boy because this is exactly what he need what we need it is exactly what Ten Hag needs he needs he needs all the right components and had that exactly yeah. he's had a yeah. structure behind him like you said about Ajax where they they're properly properly ran that they have yeah. all the... I mean apart from Mark Overmars sending dick pics around or whatever he was doing <laughs> no yeah he got snapped up quite quickly didn't he by the club in Belgium yeah football forgets that, who obviously desperate Exactly, yeah, yeah. 
if you're good at your job, it doesn't matter, does it? Oh, sending pictures of your chipolata penis, no problem. <laughs> yeah, but like even someone like Van der Sar, even I mean to be fair, even with someone like Mark Overmars, who was very good at his job, and, and Van der Sar, like they're not just appointing like United just appoint former players and just hope for the best. Like they actually send these people on proper training courses. Yes, they do. Yeah. What, do, do like Van der Sar do like a two-year course, and I yeah, think, yeah. I think Overmars already did an accounting degree or something. Yeah. Before he took that job, Sim- similar but, to Bayern, who have mostly football people in executive positions but yeah. have a proper structure around it yeah. and the, again a lot of people like Oliver Kahn and Halli, Sally Sally Hammers Sally Hammers yeah it's really not that difficult I don't think but okay I made a meal of that in in places of authority it's not like it's not like we're doing any different there but I think we're just doing it without without any thought we're just putting them in there and just hoping for the best like ryan giggs and and darren fletcher and michael carrick Um, yeah Uh, which i'm not saying that that that, that especially like fletcher and carrick i don't know how well i feel like carrick actually did quite a good job at united and i feel like he would have definitely done a better managerial job than what ranik's done this season couldn't have been much worse the reaction i feel like i could have done an almost better job maybe not Look, we're good at waffling. Well, actually, the listeners can judge whether we're even good at waffling about football. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't claim to really know anything about training a football team. But I wouldn't have had less respect from the players. No. I'd have shown them. I'd have, I'd have whipped them into line. So. The thing is, I reckon you would have played players in the last few games of the season who weren't going to be at the club next season. So I feel like that would have yeah. been a more... Yeah, strategic way of thinking rather than playing one matter and Matic. In a, You're not part of our future. You're not part of our present. In, in a 4 0 loss away at Brighton, what could be worse? Well, losing 5 0 at home to Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 4 1 away to City or, or 4 yeah. 1 away to Watford. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pick your poison. Mm. So, I mean, it, it's kind of, uh, I mean, this, this conversation is kind of interesting because it, it, you just think about how much change there has been. So we've had, we had Carrick and his coaches leave. Obviously, Ollie left. We have five executives leaving. So we've got a new CEO, a new director of football, a new te- technical director and a brand new manager. We will have, it looks like, a brand new deputy director of football coming to support uh, Ralph Ragnick, I almost said that, <laughs> coming to support John. John Murta may have that consultancy position with Ragnick. I mean, it's it's a lot of change. A lot of change, plus control from the top, plus questions around budget, because United won't be in the Champions League, and we know how the Glazers work their finances, plus five players leaving, five of the first-team squad leaving. That, to me, is red flags all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, I don't my, know too many organisations of any time that can type that can survive that and not have some bumps along the road. And my big fear is that everyone on the football inside that will be brought in will be brought in with a completely different philosophy, different personality. They're not. I just can't imagine that there's going to be joined up thinking in that regard. And I, th- I think I feel that to the way that r- we hired Ranić. And then we hired Ten Hag. Like, if Ronnyk was supposed to go in and still be this consultant who's heavily involved, which he doesn't look like he actually is going to be, those two guys don't have a... They have similar, kind of similar 
football philosophy, but it's not identical by any stretch. They don't sure. even know each other personally. No. Like you'd think Haven't in an ideal world, you'd get a Ranić dis- disciple if that's what you want to do. Like Murta, it's supposed to be like a real big Red Bull system fan. I think he went yep. and had a tour of, of Red Bull's system, and I think that's why he chose Ranić to be the man. And then we get a guy from the like Dutch philosophy. Yeah, I'm not saying that there's no crossover between the two philosophies there, but they're not identical, like I say, by any stretch. And that's I feel like there's going to be the problem. Like if you're hiring all these people, because our guys that are actually hiring the people in the first place don't know much about what they're talking about they're going to be hiring yeah. people who have different philosophies and they're going to be warring factions and then they're going to be signing players on this for this reason for this reason oh he's a great presser he's- yeah it's it still mm-hmm. leaves from the top right you know what what is it this club wants to be exactly there's no joined up thinking it doesn't seem to be there's, there's no identity and and that joined up thinking that systems philosophy is not there now m- maybe Murta is going to try and build that in on the football side Maybe, but and he's had a good career in youth coaching, youth development. Yeah, he hasn't done this before, so he's still got the training wheels on. He is, as I can't remember what Italian coach said it about Gianluca Vialli when Vialli took over at Chelsea. He's a learner driver in an F1 car. <laughs> Maybe it's a broken F1 car that hasn't won for many years. He's Williams F1 or something. Yeah, like a horse. Yeah. But yeah. but he's still he's still he's we're expecting him to help lead the development of United back to the top again. I mean maybe that's what fans are expecting. The Glazers are probably not expecting that. They their their goal I guess is well we can guarantee our dividend and sponsorships and stuff if we're in the Champions League. So that's the goal. And he doesn't have to. We may be like, how do we get back to winning the title? We're years away from that. Well, we're actually only a few decent signings away from being back in the top four, probably. Mm-hmm. And we can stay there. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to get on the downer. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't believe the ambition of us as fans matches. It's the same as the ambition of the owners. And we should keep that in mind. It's, it, it, it should be a time when we're feeling really positive. There's loads of changes at the club. It looks like we're being restructured. Everything that... Everything that we as fans have been calling out for for years. But the problem is, it's not like when City hired Chiki Beregistan or however you pronounce that, when you could tell you knew what they were doing. They were building a team for Pep Guardiola to come in. And then when Pep Guardiola came in, it was easy as anything for him to adapt to the team that he had. If he, if Pep Guardiola had come into United at the same time he came to City, would we? How long it would it, would it have taken him to win a league? So much longer than City if we'd have ever won one. I think we would because I think he's that good. But the problem is that we are not built like that, and the the appointments that we make don't make me. It might make other people confident, but it doesn't make me confident that that we're being built for a man like Ten Hag to just slot in and be like, yeah, I'll take this club to to where it needs to be because it's built with my philosophy at at the heart of the club. And and Well, it's not. It's definitely not that. Now It's not. And then when Ten Hag leaves, who do you get then? Like, do you get another player, another person from the Ajax footballing 
And that, I mean, it'll just be whoever's in the whoever impresses most in the interviews exactly. at the time. Yeah, of course yeah. It will so, be. What what I like if I if I was trying to paint the the best picture possible, I'd say if Ten Hag, who's let's just say he's a great coach, right? Yep. If he's and he gets a few good players and he demonstrates progress, enough progress that all the shit around it, all the change that we're going to get this summer with all the players leaving and and incoming, enough progress that he's not fired straight away and he makes it through that first season. Because good coach or not, there's no guarantee he makes it through to to the end of next season and so he he's able to demonstrate some progress and he's able to get enough credibility within the club that he's able to shape what that football side of things looks like yeah yeah and i think it is bottom up like that yeah Yeah, we are not structuring the club for him he's got to be good enough that he helps restructure the club along with murtar and fletcher in a way that demonstrates that, hey, there's enough progress here. By the way, Glazers, you can make even more money mm. out of this. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I mean, because they're not going anytime soon. But yeah, that, that's the only positive case I can make, that he's good enough that he can help start to shape the club. Now, I don't know that he is, because he's 52 years old and has had, what, four seasons at Ajax. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the biggest club he's ever worked at. I mean, buying reserves. And so it's not a track record, actually, that is of elite European status. No. Doesn't mean he's no good at his job. I'm not saying that. But he's but he'll have work to do to help make things better for the club. And that's a big ask. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I said on a similar show that we need a manager almost like Simeone to come in and, and do exactly what you just said said there to 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 do it from the bottom up but exactly how ferguson did it all those yeah. years ago and 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 it is fair for us to be cynical about him having the capability to do that like he may do he may have the capability to do that but he doesn't have a track record of doing that he's got very good experience and you hear everyone who's watched shyax and the tactic gurus and stuff they love him which is awesome to hear it's really exciting it's really positive it's just the structure that he's going into. It's like any any kind of systems footballer, when they come to United, they struggle. Like Jadon Sancho, for example, he's had a really yeah, difficult yeah. year. He's not a bad footballer by any stretch, but you put him in a system, he's so much better than... And it's the same way you see Sancho play for England. It's the same effect. It's the same with a football manager as well. Like Football managers are better at certain clubs than they are at other clubs. Of not sure, many yeah, yeah. not many are able to just do it everywhere they go yeah. i think klopp is probably a, a player a manager who who can build up from bot the bottom hopefully ten Hag can be but it's it's hard to say that he will because we've not got history of seeing that there's there's a school of thought that now says that and and i know some fo- footballers have done this they 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 are hiring their own analysis or analysts to go what kind of style of football would suit me best? Where would I shine best? Mm. And I think that's the extension of what the football analytics world has been doing with clubs. We can look at the player's detailed metrics and the detailed metrics of that player in the context of the club he was at and the context of the league he was at, and we can compare across leagues. And therefore, 
without guarantees work out is this player going to be a good fit for this team and this philosophy and this future that we want to build and what will he likely bring us right so that's how smart clubs do it at least I'm not saying United do that by (laughs) any means because we're obviously quite dumb as a club but football is doing that too and I think it would behove any player looking at United as a potential destination this summer to do the same thing one Am I going to fit with the players that are likely to be around me? Am I going to fit into Ten Hag's system? Am I going to fit into the Premier League? Now, I'm not saying that football younger footballers, which United may be looking at, will actually do that. But they would be sensible to do it. Yeah. So. You just look at the players that have previously um, signed for United and just how, how badly a lot of them have failed. They're not bad footballers by any stretch. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, maybe we talked about this before, or maybe it was chatting with Wayne. How many successes since Fergie left? Like, I... almost none. Slatan. 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 He was a freebie and only really a successful one season. Romero, who was a freebie and a great Luke second Shaw? keeper. Luke Shaw's, a, yeah, but one great season out of five, six, seven, whatever Not great, is. is it? I was going to yeah. say Ander Herrera then. but that's Ander how... Herrera was a success, yeah. yeah. And even better in his absence. I think yeah. he, his technical skills got better when he left, True. at least in our minds, yeah. Because yeah. of, of the hole he left. But yeah. yeah, that's it, right? Four, maybe. Yeah, and and I th- I can't remember who the rumour was about the other week, but it was it was someone being told not to sign for Man United, and I think he was being told by a former United player. Like that will <laughs> that, that will happen because it will like, resonate. Yeah, we're yeah, a basket yeah. case, and like footballers don't want to go to a basket case. Case. There's apparently a meeting this week with Ten Hag in Amsterdam, and I assume Richard Arnold and maybe Murtagh, and which Steve McLaren apparently attended as well. Um, don't don't return of Steve. Though in Gary Neville's book, he said he's the best coach he ever had. Coach, yeah, in, maybe like... maybe he's a great coach, Steve. Yeah, I'll call him Steve. I can't keep he was, saying he was... Steve. I, I yeah, <laughs> he was. Well, this is me being positive. He, he is. He's good coach. Like he's. I just. Uh, he and... had his managerial career has been underwhelming after his time at twenty when he met yeah. Ten Hag. Ten Hag was his assistant. I think he hasn't achieved much after then. Really, no, not at all. He did a good job with Middlesbrough, to be fair. They got to the UEFA Cup final somehow, where that season when Massimo Macaroni just kept scoring last-minute goals. Right. So what is it? McLaren was at 20, Wolfsburg, Borough. Where else has he managed? Forest? Forest, Forest for a for bit. A Newcastle QPR for a while. Bit. Newcastle, England, obviously. Yeah, he did a Wally good job with England. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, and I, I, I don't think connections with United's past is that bad i mean i think we've romanticized that somewhat in some cases united obviously very different club from when he left 20 he, years ago i think you hope he's becoming in like the brian kid like because brian kid was at city for so many years as well like he's uh, even under pep guardiola I, I hope he's more that side rather than like i don't know the tactical man besides i know more the kind Tactical of the guru. yeah yeah which yeah i mean assistant managers it's so much of what they need to be good at is rapport with the players. And you look yeah, at like yeah. West yeah. Ham's, they have like three, I think Stuart Pierce, right. Kevin Nolan. And I think it's, it's having that rapport with the players. And I think that's why Brian Kidd was 
so right. good for so many years at United and at City. And Stuart Pearce that... came into my workplace once to give a motivational speech. It was everything you imagine it to be. Oh, God. <laughs> everything you imagine it to be. Yeah. Is it, did he, is his um, veins going the same way as after yeah, celebrating it. that penalty against Spain? Fist pumping. No, not quite. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, he'd obviously be done a few management courses, so a, a, a few sort of <laughs> management speak thrown into motivational stuff. So uh, anyway, he yeah. was not a good I, manager look, either. No, David I, I, I don't know top. whether Steve coming back is a success or not. But there's a lot of change on the coaching side of thing. I mean, he's going to bring in his uh, a new assistant. It looks like he'll bring his assistant with him from Ajax because he was actually looking at someone else as well, right? Uh, whose mm-hmm. names I've forgotten. Van something. Gug. And uh, yeah, I'm not being racist, Tom. <laughs> he's Dutch. <laughs> he's called Van something. Yeah. It's, it's just uh, the go-to, isn't it, really? Van something. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I'm assuming that all of Ragnick's assistants will leave. I mean, yeah, they, they, they've got on notoriously well with the players, haven't they? Oh, God. Yeah, like, not at all. <laughs> not at all. If you believe all the reports. Yeah, after about two weeks with Ted Lasso. I mean, that reflects really badly Jeez. on the players, not just, obviously, Ranić and his staff, of course. It, do- it does, yes. I mean, look, honestly, this whole season, we've talked a lot about club structure and Ten Hag and his new coaching team, and but this season reflects terribly on the players. And honestly, if for that reason alone... There should be a mega clear out. And I'm not normally of the, hey, it's football manager. You change all the players. Yeah, exactly. Release all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but the way they have reacted, so many of them, it should be a sacking offence, but it is, it speaks to their professionalism. And Rangnick has said that. Yeah. Apparently, lack of professionalism. And it's obvious. It's obvious. No team... Uh, and no group of players with any pride should lose 4-0 at Brighton. Just of their apparent quality. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely disgusting how they behaved. And all of that poison has to go. Otherwise, Ten Hag is fucked. Yeah. And that's one of the good things I've see- liked about Rangnick is about how honest he's been from the get-go. Like, he's he's not he's not shirked anything. He's not run away from anything. Even when he took Ronaldo off that time, like, what he actually said to Ronaldo when he was having that paddy on the sideline, it's like, okay, fair enough. I mean, if you were the long-term manager, though, that, that kind of thing wouldn't work, and it clearly hasn't this season because the players have just died down, laid down because of him. Maybe because of him, but because of themselves, I guess, as well. But I, I do like how honest he's been. But, yeah, the players have been an absolute disgrace, so many of them. And I, oh, I don't understand, though, when saying that Randnick, I like somewhat what he said, I didn't understand what he said about Hannibal or... The, the report that came out about him saying that Hannibal wasn't professional in that performance against Liverpool. I absolutely loved that. It was one of my highlights of my season. When he was kick, came on, just kicking players. That was it's like class. kicking uh, Henderson. It was perfect. amazing. But from the coach, maybe wants, he doesn't want that kind of loss of control. I, I, uh, maybe, but you're 4-0 down at Anfield. 4 nil, yeah. He's always had. A, he's always been spiky, Hannibal. He's had a couple of red cards. He gets kicked a lot. He gets kicked so much, and he sometimes kicks her back a little bit. Whatever, I it's it. fine. I love it from an, an attack like a player who's so technical like that. You love to see spice in them as well. I, I mean, as long as they get, don't get to Bruno levels where they're whinging at their own players all the time, but like kicking the others, that's fine. Ish. Yeah. Ish. 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 <laughs> 
Alrighty, shall we move on? We will end the pod with some chat about the women's team who completed their season. We don't cover it often enough on the pod, but there are some there are some great people who uh, cover the women's team all the time, so plenty of content out there. But women's team lost at Chelsea on the final day of the season. Not a surprise, honestly. Chelsea had won five in a row before that or whatever it was and were going for the title. Uh, it, it means that Manchester City pip United to that final Champions League spot and then Champions League football for United next season, which is a shame because this was seen as a transitional year but a potential development year as well. So not managed to break up that triumvirate of Chelsea, Arsenal and City at the top of the women's game. But I think given that Casey Stoney left and Mark Skinner came in, progress. Yeah, progress for sure. It's just when you see that game, it just just shows how far away we are from, from the top. Like, it's great to yeah. see we're fourth, um, and obviously we're, we're an infantile club compared to Chelsea and and, and City and, and Arsenal, especially Arsenal, who've yeah had success throughout. Well, as long as I remember women's yes. football being around, well, as long as I've been around. But it's just you see the the players that they can even bring on at half time where they're bringing on G yeah. and who would walk into United's team and arguably be 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 their best player and Sam Kerr and the. Nordic woman's name I've forgot, forgotten up top Daniel um, Harder yeah yeah like the talent that they have is is just in almost every position is just so much better it feels yeah. like watching City against United in the men's yeah, football yeah. United but, is still a, a bit away and, and, and I think there's a there's concern that well one can United hold on to their better players. I mean, Elatoon, Legalton both had great seasons and can United sign players of a high enough quality to go forward next season? And will the club support that mm-hmm. with a kind of... I mean, apparently the the wage budget is pretty good at United, actually. It's competitive. Are they prepared to pay fees and keep putting money into that team? I mean, it's not a lot of expense, honestly, compared yeah. to... It's about... It's about a month's worth of Ronaldo's salary, basically yeah. the expense for the women's team. And and it'd be really interesting to see the fans' reaction if if United women started doing really well. Because like in that game on, on Sunday, like the what it was a reasonable crowd for a women's game, the Chelsea, but Chelsea just about to win a title. Like I feel that being well, United being the club they are, and we obviously had sixty odd thousand at the Youth Cup final. If United were going for a title in the women's game, I feel like we'd we'd almost sell out Old Trafford. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'd be yeah. really interested to see like what reaction that would take if United really did yeah. start to take off. But like I say, it feels like we're we're a long, long, long way away from that, and it's it's going to be interesting to see with everything to do like everything related to glazonomics like how what they see as success is is success yes. just getting third and qualifying for the champions league or being i'm not the even sure they'll frame it in those terms honestly i think I, mm. I think they they're very conservative you see but not having a women's team for a very long time i mean one of the first things they did when they bought the club was close down the women's team because it was a cost center <laughs> 
a minor one, but a cost center. And so it took them a long time to build a new one. And I think they did it mostly for marketing purposes. <laughs> Sorry to be deeply cynical. Mm-hmm there and there's the finances in the women's game are such that being in the champions league or not being in the champions league doesn't make that much difference i mean it makes some difference in in terms of as i understand it your wage cap basically so there is a cap on how much can be spent as a percentage of budget i think i'm right in saying that and which all the teams by the way break again i think i understand (laughs) how how the the economics of it work so there's potential to be ambitious there whether they will be or not or whether they really care I don't know. It has so far has seemed like they don't, but we'll see this summer where they're able to pull in some some because it like so the flip side of it doesn't cost very much to run a women's team is it doesn't take that much investment. Yeah, for a scale of club of United to start bringing in some really high quality players. Look at Leon. Like Leon really yeah. fully went for it, and yeah, I say went for it like they didn't have to spend that much money compared to the women's football and they completely like completely dominated it for so many years by just yeah, bringing yeah. in the best Being players. Being eclipsed now, yeah, but yeah. yes. Yeah, but as, yeah. yeah as the other teams have kind of caught up and realised that actually we don't have to do that much to yeah. to, to just be one of the best teams. In, in Like you see the Spanish clubs especially, like how much they've come on recently. I mean, you, to your point about interest, I mean, I, I think there would be lots of interest. Like, it, it's in Lee Sports Village, which is obviously a pain to get to for everyone and not particularly attractive stadium. If they, they had 20-odd thousand when they had the the one game at Old Trafford, I think if it was an even better team, they'd be able to attract even more. There would, yeah. there would be a natural interest base if the club wants to do it. Location matters, clearly matters. Build it and they will come. Yeah, um, Barcelona have had a hundred thousand people at Camp Nou mm-hmm. for the for the women's team in the Champions League. Wow, there's the, and and I'm sure United could pull in really big crowds. Obviously, they don't want to play every um, game at Old Trafford. The, you know, women's Super League attendances have capped out about four thousand. It seems to be, and part of that's about development of the game. You know, there's a new TV contract. Will be better players, better players, better quality football. Success in Europe breeds more interest, breeds more exposure. The attendance, uh, sorry, the TV viewing figures are apparently like way, way up. <laughs> Just provide the exposure. People will watch it. It's good quality product. Uh, and United could do the same thing. So it's just down to ambition. And participation levels as well, which will increase because yeah. of the exposure. Like we think that how young the women's game is. 50 years old from when it was banned yeah. like we're, we're so in the in the embryonic stages of women's football and and as participation levels increase that'll in, improve the quality of course as well it, it, it just feels to me with united that I, i'm not that close to to the women's football team at all it but it feels from the outside that it with almost everything that, that the Glazers do, they're just doing enough to not be one of the, the worst teams in, in the league, but they're not ambitious enough to, to, to actually go out there and, and, and challenge Arsenal and Chelsea, uh, and Chelsea which... It, it doesn't seem like it, yeah. It seems yeah. to be an afterthought, and which is a deep shame. But again, it's just it wouldn't take that much ambition. I, I think Pernil Harder was the world record transfer at the time, at 400,000, mm-hmm. right? That, like... 
And you see how good she is as well. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. So it wouldn't take that much spending for United to, like, get to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the Wimbs game could do with a second European competition, I think. I mean, it's got to that point where I think that that will be thought about. So, I mean, again, I'm not close to Women's Football Administration to know whether that's close or not. But mm-hmm. it seems like the development of the game around Europe has got to the point where that, that would be beneficial. And and maybe that would expand their participation as well from the different leagues. But anyway... That's the women's team. Good season, I think, after... I think there was a lot of concern, wasn't there, at the back end. Casey Stoney left for uh, San Diego Wave, I think they're called, uh, in the NWSL over here in the States, which does get good crowds and good exposure and celebrity people. If you look at Angel City FC, brand new club, a lot of celebrity sponsors there, owners, so... Um, and obviously the women's, the US women's national team is, you know, the world leader. Long way of saying that it was, there was concern for United when our manager left for that and players called out a lot of the problems. I don't know how many of those have been fixed. I don't think they're changing in porter cabins and don't have a toilet anymore. I think that bit has been fixed, at least. But there's room for United to be ambitious. I wonder, like... I mean, a Club World Cup would be very interesting in in, in the women's game to, to, for the for the European teams to play against the the teams in the NWSL because that that'd be a real clash of of quality. It came to mind that Lyon own OL Reign, who are the team that play in. I think they they play at Tacoma, which is just south of where I live. So you know, some European involvement there. But yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Yeah, because we got loads of the. Um, NWSL players over to to our leagues as well, didn't we? When their league was shut during COVID, shut down, yeah. Obviously, yeah. had a couple of players at United, and yeah, it was a season where I think even Carly Lloyd went to Tottenham, didn't she? Not Carly Lloyd, the other forward whose name I'm totally forgetting, who is at San Diego Wave with Casey Stoney. Poor knowledge from me, but Popped yeah, it, 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 it's, yeah. It's, it's awesome that what it's like in America because it feels like just forever again since I've been watching football that those two teams in America have always been on a par and treated in the media as such I obviously not paid as such until recently but no that is true but like the way that they are heralded is is awesome and women's sport in 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 America can is in a lot of respects really really pushed in a way that yes it is starting to be over here which is is good but it's, it's still a long way behind I think we'll leave it there for this week. I wasn't sure we were going to do a pod, but then I thought, yeah, there's stuff to talk about. So (laughs) why not? Why not? And we can waffle on forever about football, right? Of course, always. (laughs) All righty. I guess we'll see you all after Palace 4, United 0 next weekend. 